Hello, welcome to another episode of Pack One, Pick One. Uh, know that I've been away for a while. It's me, Flynn. Uh, but don't worry, this podcast hasn't and won't be going away anytime soon. Uh, hope that there won't be any more long stretches uh, like this where I'll be away. Sorry about that. Um, I guess I just didn't have as much uh, free time lately, and I figured that I'd already had a lot of good thoughts on Ravnica Allegiance, and this episode is just going to be like a sunset show, going to be talking, uh, giving my last thoughts on the set, really, uh, before I move on to mostly posting episodes about War of the Spark, which just had its pre-release this past weekend. I'll be covering uh, my initial thoughts on that set very soon in a podcast. I meant to get this out sooner, but I had a wedding to attend and uh, some other stuff. So, yeah, sorry about the fact that this is kind of coming out a bit late. Uh, I also do have one last episode about Ravnica Allegiance coming out soon. Maybe this week, uh, the latest next week sometime. So even though this is kind of the sunset show... This isn't going to be the last time I really talk about Ravnica Allegiance, but uh, pretty much is, at least for most aspects of this set. The next episode's going to be focusing mostly on Legends and uh, Commander, so this is pretty much going to cover most everything else right here. Alright, let's see. So, yeah, I wanted to cover... Uh, I think I'll just start the way I did the last time. And this episode will have more of a limited focus, but I'm definitely going to talk about standard, modern, commander, whatever else, you know, for a bit too. But yeah, I'd say um, out of the five guilds in this set, you had uh, Orsav, Simic, Gruul, uh, shit, what are the other two again? Uh, Rakdos and the Azorius. Uh, my favorite one, or archetype, for limited in this set, and when I say limited, I'm mostly talking about draft, would be Orzhov, initially. But towards the end, uh, say like the final month or so, Simic and um, uh, Temur, so blue, green with some red, uh, was probably my favorite archetype. I didn't think Simic would be that great at first, but once I got to play it, especially on Arena, and then try it out in paper, I really started to appreciate it a lot more, and I was heavily going towards it towards the end. Um, I still like Warsaw, though. Uh, Zorius was fun. I played Ghoul a bit on Arena as best one. Kind of liked that a lot. And Rakdos was okay for me. Didn't really do it. Even though I liked Aggro, just wasn't feeling it as much this set. Uh, for my overall, I think, power rankings for the guilds or archetypes, because they're basically the same thing here, would be Orsav first, then Azorius, then Simic, then Rakdos, and then Gruul. But actually, may switch Gruul and Rakdos around. They're basically in, like, the final two slots. Um, yeah, I'd say my most drafted guild was Orsav. Because I initially would play it a lot. I thought that it had just a great set of removal, good utility creatures, uh, mixed well Rakdos and Azorius. So I liked it a lot. But then towards the end, uh, Simic was probably my next most drafted. 
once I discovered how awesome cards like Sorform Hybrid and Aramunculus were, it was hard to go back <laughs> to the Warsaw after the, playing with those. So yeah, I actually usually like creatures that kind of get better on their own. And I have to invest mana into them, like uh, the Outlast creatures from Khan's Tarkir, or the Adapt or Monstrous creatures. But uh, I like them because they usually come down pretty well statted, like a 2-2 two, two for 2 is decent, such as Sorform Hybrid, but then it just has late game reach, access good mana sync, so I like cards like that, which is probably why I was going Simic towards the end. And speaking of Simic, I'd say my best play or a draft moment from this set was on MTG Arena, where I built a deck where I had both Verity Circle and Wilderness Reclamation at the same time. That was an amazing combo. It's being able to constantly tap down with creatures on my turn, on their turn, drawing a ton of cards, uh, clearing up the board, preventing anything from hitting me that I didn't want to. And I really wish I could have played that combo more than once. Uh, well, I did a couple times in those drafts, but more than just that one draft because it was amazing. Loved it. Best part of the set so far. Uh, gotta say, I don't have a worst moment in particular that stands out to me, but I think basically every time that I died or knew that I was going to die to and couldn't do anything about an ill-gotten inheritance, uh, that just happened way too many times, and I think that they're all the worst draft moment for me. Like, just the fact that staring down a card that you know that you're going to die to, and nothing in your deck can stop, is pretty horrible feeling. Kind of feels like, uh, what it's like to stare across some of the gods in War of the Spark. Just, you know you're screwed. Uh, well, at least, you know, it's because they just don't print answers for some cards. I will get to that later. Uh, my favorite card, probably Swarform Hybrid Unlimited. Loved it. Uh, Smothering Tithe. Uh, Hydroid Crisis and High Alert for Commander, especially Smothering Tithe. I'm super happy that uh, decks with white, especially like Mono White or Boros or whatever, get this awesome card advantage engine. Uh, they're not drawing cards, but you're getting a ton of mana. And it's awesome. It combos great with wheel effects. You know, people are always drawing cards in Commander, and I love this card. I want to see more stuff like this to help out cards like white. Uh, uh, colors like white or red that really need this support. Um, also, high alert, because I'm an Arcades player in EDH, and it's great having that redundancy. It's tutorable. It's hard to remove, usually more than Arcades. So that was an awesome card. Want to see more, like, if I can get one more effect like that, I'll be set. Um, least favorite card in the set is... Well, I guess to play against would be Ethereal Lab Solution, or as I say, L-ish Norn. It's, you know, it's student's best impression. Um, but at least it was rare, so I didn't see it all the time. It, even when I did, you know, I accepted it was like a nightmare. But Ill-Gotten Inheritance is a pretty close second, just because uh, just the inevitability of it and the fact that they're gaining life, too, so it's not like you can just race it easily. Uh, and the fact that mostly these two cards wouldn't be 
as much of a problem if wizards printed more than like four pieces of enchantment removal in the entire set, most of them being rare, you know, so, or being like Sundra Shaman where you're heavily locked into a guild. Like, we need to naturalize, basically, in the set. So Simic, Gruul, can deal with this shit uh, without having to basically play a white guild and hope that you have, like, the three-mana instant speed destroy enchantment card. They really messed up there. And I feel like there'd be a lot less feel-bad moments if they did include these. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, They weren't, probably. Uh, My favorite cycle is probably, even though I just hated on it, Mostly due to Wizard's fault. Uh, but the cards were great. It was like the enchantment cycle. I know it wasn't really well defined. But like all the uncommon enchantments. Like High Alerts. Um, what is that? The red green one. Name escapes me at the moment. Ill-gotten Inheritance. Uh, the white one. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let me actually uh, pull those up. While I continue on. Um, Yeah, gotta say that my uh, favorite mechanic, I guess, was Riot. Like, it was fine. Um, But there really wasn't much, like, that was spectacular about it. I thought it was just okay. They may be able to do some cool things with it. But overall, like... It's whatever. Oh, here we go. Uh, it's Angelic Exaltation. Uh, like, Theater Horrors. Stuff like that. Uh, yeah. We, had, we just honestly had way too many broken... Oh, Rhythm of the Wild. Yep. Too many broken enchantments that just didn't have answers. <laughs> anyway, now, now that I finally cleared that out. Yeah, like I was saying, I, I guess Riot was my favorite because they may be able to do stuff with it, but... A lot of them were just really uninspired. Like, my least favorite mechanic was Adapt. Not because it's a bad mechanic, but just because it it had no reason at all to just not be monstrous. An already existing mechanic. And I don't like when Wizards makes these kind of mechanics, like Adapt. because Ones that are so similar to other mechanics, because they don't need to be there. They could just have the original one. So it's less mechanics that exist that especially probably never going to see again, or at least not anytime remotely soon. So I feel like if they already have something that fits the bill, they don't need to waste their time making a new one that just is basically never going to be seen again. It feels pointless and just bloats mechanics. Um, so that was my least favorite purely for that, not from a gameplay point. Just because I felt like it d- didn't need to exist. We already had something for it. Um, overall, though, I think like with guilds, still wasn't a big fan of how there's only like five main archetypes in Limited. You know, I know that even when they have like the standard like ten archetypes in Limited that you'll see in a lot of sets that, like especially like the core sets, that not all of them are really be playable, not all of them will be great, but... There's usually more than five options, or people aren't stepping over each other's toes so much. So, I felt like that was another problem with the set. Just another issue with that. Uh, And also forced more metagaming and draft, which could be a good or a bad thing. 
depending on how you feel about that. You can have that in multiple sets. So you don't need to have um, like a shortage of archetypes, but it definitely forces it when you do. Uh, I actually didn't really have to metagame as much for this set, though. I've spent a lot of time drafting on Arena, where it can be difficult to do that, versus uh, for me in person, since I usually play draft with a lot of the same local players. I tend to, you know, learn what they like to play uh, as sets evolve or just their own personal preferences. And since I didn't get to do that as much with Ravnica Allegiance, didn't have to worry about metagaming so much this time. Um, you know, it was nice that we did have te- kind of like a high alert themed deck. If you had it, uh, you could try and build around cards like Dead and Security uh, there was more of a Gate Matters deck was possible this time. I uh, still didn't play it. I don't like decks that are too reliant on just core uncommons. It's too risky for me. I did get to draft High Alert uh, once or twice, and it was pretty awesome. But yeah, aside from that, there really wasn't much variety again. Uh, kind of mentioned this, but you know all the mechanics for the guilds felt very bland to me, uh, as opposed to, say, Convoke or Mentor, or especially Surveil, which had a ton of both payoffs and support, not just at Uncommon and Rare, but at Common, which is the most important thing. Uh, they all had a lot of depth to them, and it just felt like, for the most part, things like Afterlife or, like, Adapt, which is monstrous, or Riot, uh, or especially Addendum, or whatever the hell the shitty Ratos one was. <laughs> um, oh yeah, Unleash, I think. No, it wasn't that. It's Unleash, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're, they're all just either cheap knockoffs of existing mechanics, or they just don't really have any synergies or payoffs. You just have cards that happen to have them in the set, but you're not building... Um, an adapt deck. You're not building a deck, you know, to get value for the most part out of, uh, like, Rakdos cards or, like, Riot effects. So, I felt like that was a disappointment. You know, I'm drafting the guilds, but the mechanics are just chilling there. Like, you know, you're not doing anything with addendum. So, it, it was, uh, kind of one of the downsides of this set that the mechanics were just kind of there. They didn't really do much. Um, or pull you. You didn't make a deck based around them, which I would have liked. Um, yeah. But I've already mentioned this, but do you want to mention it again? Easily the biggest problem of the set is that there was no naturalize or similar effect in green. It can even be blue-green. It can just be blue-red, but we needed another card like that to deal with the bullshit enchantments that were just running around because they were pretty hard to answer, um, if not just impossible to for most of the time. Uh, yeah. Aside from that, though, that was an okay set. Uh, kind of torn between how I'd compare it to Guild's Ravnica, which I think I liked a little bit more, actually. I liked mostly because it just felt a little more balanced. Um, like card more there were more answers for cards felt like uh yeah speaking of draft though 
between uh, drafting like in stores or on best of three like traditional draft or best one draft on arena I ended up playing 90 games of this set not 90 drafts just 90 games between all of them um and I had uh, 54 wins out of that for a 66% win rate, so definitely above average. Uh, I feel like I had a pretty good grip on what to do, and my previous just draft experience helped out a lot. So I'm hoping to keep that pretty consistent, uh, if not you know, constantly improving. I feel like you know, anything above 50% is good, and having like like a 66% win rate is a pretty good accomplishment. So I feel like I understood the set at least well enough to accomplish that. So I don't feel like I'm talking out of my ass here when I rate cards or like how I feel about it in general. Mm. Now, as far as other formats go, Unfortunately, I can't comment uh, too much on how it affected Standard, because I don't usually play that. Um, I haven't played it for a while. But I do know that Hydroid Crisis, for sure, had an impact on it. And I assume, like, Domri and other bombs did, too. Uh, the Shock Lands, of course, were very beneficial to Standard, Modern, EDH, Casual players, pretty much everyone. Um, so I was happy to see those. Uh, Kaya, of course, uh, she is one of the more noteworthy cards for me to talk about just because apparently in the past couple weeks she has shot up in price and people are playing her apparently in other formats like standard maybe modern it looks like so I haven't played with her or against her though I do own a couple from drafts and whatnot but I still just don't really see how she's that great I just feel like she's too narrow too slow doesn't really impact the board for three mana. I'd rather just play like Liliana or Jace or something else like that besides her. But, I mean, I guess the results can't lie. People say she's good. People are, she's worth more money now, so maybe I just, I'm just missing it and I have to use it or go against it and maybe I'll see the light then. Until then, I'm just still not really feeling that card, but hey. You know, it looks like everyone else's. Um, yeah, definitely for EDH, without a doubt, the most important card in this set is Smothering Tithe. Uh, I immediately thought the card was insane, and I'm surprised that it took a lot of people, um, more than just a glance at the card to realize how fucking crazy it is, because I knew that thing was going to be just the best shit right off the bat, and it's now like at least a $15 rare in standard which is pretty impressive, because it only sees play really in Commander. And, yeah, I was actually happy. I opened up a foil one in the draft once, along with my others. So, yeah, I'll be set for a bit. That card, it's amazing. If you play white in Commander, and you're not running Smothering Tithe, then you're fucking up. You need to be reusing this, basically. It's that good. It's amazing. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Um, Yeah, I think that actually covers it, though, for just specific cards I wanted to talk about, at least, like, in regards to anything besides Limited. Uh, this set has a lot of fun cards, though, for sure. Like, I mentioned Krasis has a lot of great enchantments. Like, Exalted decks will love uh, the new white enchantment, Angelic Exaltation, Verity Circle, Wilderness Reclamation, Captive Audience, like, Ab Theory Absolution. 
Light up the stage up as well. That's a very important card. Sees a lot of play in burn decks. <laughs> I almost forgot that. So yeah, it's a great set. A lot of fun stuff. And yeah, now that that's out of the way, and we're almost done with this episode, I do want to crack two last packs of this set that I won in my final draft, where I almost went 3-0, but lost in the last round due to some pretty bad mana screw. But that happens. So yeah, let's crack these open. Do one last kind of pack one, pick one for this set. So, okay. Unlike uh, the past, I won't be recording these, this opening, so you won't be able to see it. If I get anything good, I'll post pictures of them later, but that's about it. Alright, so, you have it. Raster's Ammunition. Yeah, pretty good card. I know uh, the hosts of Limited Resources favor this one a lot, and I think it's fine, but I, I wouldn't be excited to have it. Do you have Savage Smash? which I'm actually more happy about, at least in best of one. This card was just insane, and I would I would consider first picking it for some, some of the time. Uh, Twilight Panther, Rakdos Trumpeter. Like, right out the bat, uh, just these four cards are all excellent commons that most people would be happy about. So this is a strong pack, for sure. Uh, open the Gates, uh, Rubble Reading. This is the first bad card, Blade Juggler, which very strong. A watchful Giant, Final Payment. Wow, the, the commons in this pack are insane. I haven't seen one like this in so long. <laughs> Sharp to Crab, nice. I would be taking that first. Uh, sorry, Savage Smash. Uh, Night of Last Breath, Tower Defense. And yeah, so this means that we do have a foil in the pack, which is exciting. Still on the Sharp to Crab, though. Uh, the Rare Mythic is... Well... Holy shit, would you look at that? Can't see it now, but it's funny, I was just talking about her. The mythic is Kaya, Orzhav Usurper, the one white black uh, legendary planeswalker. Her plus one is exile two target cards from a single graveyard, gain two life if at least one was a creature, minus one, exile a non-land permanent with CMC one or less, and minus five, she deals damage to target player equal to the number of cards that they have in exile, and you gain that much life. Three loyalty. Yeah, well, maybe uh, maybe I should give her a try sometime. We'll see. Uh, I think this might be my fourth Kaya, actually. So that's pretty exciting, though. Like, $15 card, and just happen to be talking about her. So, great. It was a nice prize pack right there. Easily uh, <laughs> paid for the draft. No, not like the Domer I opened didn't. And the foil is... Ooh, a Twilight Panther. Nice. But hey, that's exciting, getting a freaking Kaya. Wow. I did not expect something that good. Alright. We have one more to go. Okay. We have Feral Maka. Knight of Sorrows. Coral Commando. Steeple Creeper, Under Cities Embrace, Summary Judgment, nice. Uh, Goblin Gathering, Sully Caretaker, Aramunculus, uh, Hackrow Bat. So, hey, another foil, nice. So right now, I'm definitely on the, um, between Aramunculus and Summary Judgment, like them both. Uh, Fireblade Artist, doesn't be down those. Flames of the Razeborn, no. Alright, we have, ooh, Plaza of Harmony. It's a land... 
ETBs, uh, you control two or more gates, you gain three life, tap add a colorless, or tap add one mana of any type a gate you control could produce. Yeah, whatever, not excited about it. I wouldn't take it over Aramunculus or Summer Judgment. The foil is, ooh, a Watchful Giant, nice. It's pretty exciting though. Two packs that ended up having a foil. And a Kaya. All right. Well, I think that about covers it for this episode. Thanks for listening to what will be officially my sunset show for Admiral Allegiance. But like I said, uh, look for my new episode coming out soon. Hopefully, um, be before or after my board the spark impressions. But I'll be covering Ravnica Allegiance Legends with a couple guest hosts sometime soon, and that will uh, seal the deal on this set. So, yes, thank you again for listening, and as always, uh, you can check us out on the Facebook page, email me, uh, email should be in the podcast description, and share the show with other people if you like it. Thank you, and uh, see you next time.